the significance of Palm Sunday. So I have to be honest with you, last week I wrote a message and, and had it all together and it was done. And, and I, I've been in this June, I will have been preaching for 15 years. And, and so I know the feeling when it's not right. You know what I mean? I, I just know the Holy Spirit starts digging at my stomach and I'm like, oh God, come on. I, I just, like, I wrote this message, it's good, I got plenty. Come on. No, no, no. So early, yeah, early yesterday I got up and came to the church and just started digging in to the significance of Palm Sunday. The significance of what actually went down on this day. And I want to share some of the things that that I learned. If you have your Bible, you can turn to Matthew 21. We'll read verses 1 through 11. Matthew 21, 1 through 11. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Untie them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. This took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet, Say to daughter Zion, See, your king comes to you, gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. The disciples went and did as Jesus had instructed them. They brought the donkey and the colt and placed their cloaks on them for Jesus to sit on. A very large crowd spread their cloaks on the road, while others cut branches from the trees and spread them on the road. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Let's pray. Father, would you just speak to every heart today what you would want to speak? Get me out of the way so you can get in our way. And possibly we would see this story in a holy light today. In Jesus' name, amen. So, so here we go. Number one. Palm Sunday shows the humbleness of Jesus. We just read it. We'll read it again. Matthew 21, 1 through 3. As they approached Jerusalem and came to Bethpage on the Mount of Olives, Jesus sent two disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and at once you will find a donkey tied there with her colt by her. Unite them and bring them to me. If anyone says anything to you, say that the Lord needs them, and he will send them right away. What does this teach us about Jesus being so humble? Because we know if we keep reading the chapter, we'll see where Jesus is washing feet and Jesus is is just giving himself over, not my will, but your will be done. There is no king in that time or today that would say, I'm going to make my procession into the Passover, Jerusalem, where it's all going to go down on a donkey. I mean... I was reading the other day, or, or watching the other day, about this very important person that was trying to raise money to buy a jet. Jesus is on a donkey. Oh, donkey. <laughs> now, now, you have to understand what's going on. This is the Passover, estimated 2.5 million people in Jerusalem at this day, at this time. Right? This is, this is it. The Passover represented for the Jews that they were going to be released from oppression from the enemy. So Jesus is coming down from the Mount of Olives. Come on, learn something. He's coming down from the Mount of Olives. He's been in Bethany. We'll talk about that in a second. He's coming down from the Mount of Olives. He's entering into the east side of the city. Guess what's going on on the west side? 
Pontius Pilate is walking into the city with 80,000, approximately 80,000 troops in pomp and circumstance to make sure the Jews don't get out of sorts. Because this is their deal. This is like, I mean, this is like a Kenny Chesney concert for the Jews. This is, this is where they would all come together and they would, they would worship in their own way. And, and so, so the Romans said, look, we need to send a force down there to make sure this doesn't get out of hand. Are you getting this? So here's Jesus coming down on a donkey. Here's authority coming in with horses and chariots and swords. You got branches being laid down in a really cool, awesome, loving way, and you got soldiers marching with swords. Such a good lesson for the church today. As we go into this Easter Sunday, every day actually, I, I would just implore you to not be so dogmatic on what you believe and be really dogmatic on what this Bible says. Because here you got Jesus is riding on a donkey. He didn't come in on a jet. He didn't even come in on a horse. I mean, I'm thinking Jesus, he's coming back on a horse, amen. amen. <laughs> but he didn't go. He's not. So, so here's the idea. Palm Sunday teaches us about the humbleness of Jesus. And if we're going to be Christians, which means Christ-like, then we have to practice that in our own lives. We have to practice that in our everyday life. Humbleness. And for me, that's one of the greatest things that sticks out about today, that Jesus, King of the earth, Savior of humanity, child of God, left the palatial kingdom of heaven to come to this earth, to give his life as a ransom for many, rides in on the biggest event of the entire, on a donkey. Wow. Let me ask you this. Would you be willing to ride a donkey this week in an area of your life where you have pride? (laughs) The Bible's so good, isn't it? In other words, would you be willing to practice humbleness in an area where you know that you're prideful? If you're visiting with us today, we've purposed that this church to be very real. And so if that makes you uncomfortable, I'm so glad. Really, really glad. Number two, the Bible does make you uncomfortable if you read it. Yes, it does. Palm Sunday fulfills prophecy. Matthew 21, 4 through 5, this took place to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet. Say to daughter Zion, see your king comes to you gentle and riding on a donkey and on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And then go to this next scripture. In Zechariah 9, 9, rejoice greatly, daughter Zion. Shout, daughter Jerusalem. See your king comes to you righteous and victorious lowly and riding on a donkey, a donkey on a colt, the foal of a donkey. And then if you look in Isaiah, these are, these are pro- prophecies made. Are you still going? Can you go to Isaiah or are you stuck? Oh, okay. Isaiah says the same thing. 61.15, I believe it is. It, it talks about how uh, Jesus is going to come riding into Jerusalem, the Savior of the world, on a donkey. Why is that, why is that important? Why is that significant to Palm Sunday? Because we live in a world today where everyone wants to argue the Bible. Yes, Jesus was real. He was a great prophet, but he wasn't the savior of the world. 
Every prophecy that was spoken about Jesus in the Old Testament, he fulfilled. Every single one. And there are many. So the idea of being a light in a community and being a humble Christian, yet an informed Christian. See, you can't be informed unless you read the Bible. And some of you are sitting here today and say, I've been saved for eight or nine years, man. I gave my heart to the Lord. But man, sometimes some people ask me questions and I just don't know. Well, it's okay not to know, but it's in here. So it's okay to say, I don't know, but I'll get back to you. I don't know, but let, let me go see what my Bible says about this. Palm Sunday is such a representative of fulfilling prophecy. That's awesome. I mean, we celebrate that today. That, that Jesus came riding down in a humble way, and it had been told hundreds and hundreds of years earlier that he would do that exact same thing. So he's fulfilling prophecy, and the, the disciples had to be in, in somewhat of an uproar because they're like, you're going to ride in on a donkey? Well, yeah, because it's been said. And then, they, I love how Jesus deals with the disciples. You just go tell them. And if they ask you why, tell them the Lord needs it, and they'll tell you it's okay. <laughs> Wouldn't that be awesome if you went to your boss and said, I need a raise? And it, they said, why? Because the Lord said so. Here you go. <laughs> That'd be awesome. You can try it if you want. I don't, I don't know how close you're walking with the Lord. But, you know. Palm Sunday fulfills prophecy. And we can't overlook that. We can't overlook the fact that Jesus Christ fulfilled every prophecy that was ever spoken of him. And so when people want to sit down and, and talk with you, I love that verse, come let us reason together. It doesn't say come let us argue together. It doesn't say, come, let us be dogmatic together. It doesn't say, come, let us be opinionated together. It says, come, let us reason together. And the way you reason with, with someone who, who may not be a Christian is just through the Word of God and how it's changed your life. So Palm Sunday fulfills prophecy. Number three, Palm Sunday shows the power of praise. Oh, where are you going? What are you doing? Kill me. Number three, number, number, there you go. Comes after twos, before four. I'm, I'm kidding, Larry. Palm Sunday comes, Palm Sunday shows the power of praise that comes from a miracle. Matthew 21, 9 through 11. The crowds that went ahead of him and those that followed shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? The crowds answered, This is Jesus, the prophet from Nazareth in Galilee. Now watch this. So as he's coming down the Mount of Olives, he's been in Bethany. Right? So he's trekking from Bethany into Jerusalem. And you got to catch this. When Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, Who is this? Now, who are they asking, Who is this? Work with me. It says it right there. The crowds. So there's two different crowds. There's an entourage that is praising Jesus. Where did these people come from? They came from Bethany. They came with Jesus from Bethany. What just happened in Bethany? Lazarus was raised from the dead. Let's read it. Let's read it right here. Keep going. John. 
11, 38, 30, 44. Jesus once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. Now we're going back in time. But Lord said, Martha, the sister of the dead man, by this time, there's a bad odor, for he has been there for days. Then Jesus said, did I, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing there, that they may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. I can't wait to see this one in heaven. Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. Now go back to the point, Larry, point number three. So think about this. You've got a group of people who just saw a dead man walk out of the grave. Now they are absolutely, positively for sure that they're looking at the Messiah. Because this just didn't happen all the time. Right? I mean, you know, it's very significant. There's a lot in that story. We're not going to go there today. The point I want to make is Jesus is in Bethany. He raises Lazarus from the dead. And in a side note, so funny, because the Pharisees, once they heard that Lazarus was raised from the dead, they plotted to kill him. (laughs) Read it. It's so funny. We go, kill him again? I don't understand that. It's so stupid. That's a religion for you. So... So, so, so you got Bethany's going down, and now Jesus knows I've got to get to where I'm going because I know I've got a task ahead of me. I'm headed to the Passover. And so they all, they, he leaves Bethany, but all these crowds follow him. They follow him. They can't help but follow him. He's magnificent. And so they're coming down the Mount of Olives. They get to the gates of Jerusalem. We'll, we'll go back to the part where Jesus weeps over Jerusalem, but let, let's go, go right here. So they get there. And they're, they're coming through the gates of, of Jerusalem, and everyone that had been in Bethany, the crowds that are around him, are singing, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. In other words, this is the Lord. This is, this is the Messiah. He's going to set us free. And the crowds in Jerusalem, as they come through, are going, who is this man? Why are you guys so fired up? Here's the point. If you will allow God to work in your life, and do the miracle that he wants to do in your life, everywhere you go, people are going to look at you, and you're going to have an opportunity to say, Hosanna, Hosanna, it's all about Jesus. And when you do that, they're going to say, hmm, maybe there's something to this Jesus. See, the praise came from the miracle, and the greatest miracle of all is salvation. The greatest miracle of all is God taking a heart of stone and turning it into a heart of flesh, taking an angry person and and making them such a humble, peaceful person. That's what the gospel does. That's what God can do in our lives. That's what the Holy Spirit's all about. It's about leading and guiding and directing us and comforting us if we'll listen to that voice and and, and molding us into a Christ-like human being. That is a miracle, my friend. I've experienced it. I know many of you have. And that will bring praise to God. That's where the praise came from. It came, it came, they just, they just watched Lazarus walk out of the tomb. Can you imagine this one, Tim? He's just walking out of the, come here, unbound him. You good? Great. I got to go to the Passover. You behave. (laughs) (laughs) And all these people are like, oh my goodness. See, here's the thing. 
Some of us in this room right now are still in the grave and we're bound up by things of this world. And if you would let God unwrap you from the grave clothes, people around you are going to start praising God because they're going to understand there's no way in the world anything could have done that except God. I'm so glad I get to do this two more times today. Number four, Palm Sunday exposes the zeal of Jesus. Let me just say this real quick. Zeal and pride are two different things. You hear that? As a church, we must hear that. Zeal and pride are two different things. Zeal is, is excitement for what the Word of God says is right. Pride is what you think is right. Matthew 21, 12 through 13, Jesus entered the temple courts. Now, check this out. He's been in Bethany. He's busy. He's a busy dude. He's been in Bethany, comes down the hill. They're laying stuff out for him. And where does he go immediately? He goes to the temple. Goes to the temple courts, and he, he gets there and sees all kinds of weird stuff that shouldn't be going on, going on. People selling stuff, people, you know, doing this and that and this and the other. So he goes to the temple courts, and he drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, My house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. Go back to the point later. There's a significance there about the selling of doves. Because when you dedicated a child in the law... You, you had to have a dove and or if you didn't have enough money for a dove, you got a pigeon. And also Jesus was dedicated with a pigeon, yeah, which shows his humbleness again. He was born in a manger. Anyway, so you, you look at this and, and think about this. He got so ticked off that he, and, and I, I love this because, again, we got this picture of Jesus in our mind that he's just this lowly, you know, weak person. That joker walked up in there and started throwing tables around. Now, if you don't like something going on at this church, don't throw any tables. Because you're not Jesus. <laughs> but so, so, but Palm Sunday, man, this whole event shows how on fire Jesus was for doing the will of God. How on fire Jesus was for keeping things pure. For staying on point. And he says, listen to me. You, you, you guys got it all wrong. You fall into this religious thing and, and you're focusing on doing this, 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 this and that. And my father's house should be a house of prayer. Magnificent, amazing moment. When Jesus walks in and says, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. You got it all wrong, guys. You got it all wrong. And he drove, he drove them out. I, I can't wait. See, the Bible also says there are not enough words or pages to tell about all Jesus did. So I can't wait to see this go down. Because I'm kind of figuring Peter was maybe right beside him. Right? Because that's how Peter was. <laughs> right? I got you back. I got you back. Get out of here. We can never, ever, ever lose our zeal for what's right. And the way we know what's right is the Bible. It's our plumb line. And we can, be, we can have zeal for that. It's not pride. I want you to hear me today. It's not pride. Jesus wasn't being prideful. He was doing what was right. There, there, there was no pride in Jesus. 
We know this because he knows why he's going to Jerusalem. He knows what he's up against. He knows what the next week holds. But he goes, you, you know what? I've only got a few days left here, and so I'm, I'm going to, this is not right. And, this, this is, and so the zeal of Jesus. I think today in our society, in our culture, maybe we've lost the zeal of love. Maybe we've lost the zeal of reaching out with compassion. Or maybe we've lost the zeal and are too ashamed to just say, what's what? And the Bible says, what's what? It is what it is. Right? So, last thing, number five. Palm Sunday shows the compassion of Jesus. Luke 19, 41. As he approached Jerusalem and saw the city, he wept over it. We don't have the scriptures up here, but it, it, it talks about how Jesus, he, he longs to gather all of the people in. So much so that he stops and he weeps. He's so moved by what he's, again, a story in, say, around 2.5 million people there for the Passover. And he's looking in, in that day and time, that's a lot of people, right? And he's looking, at all, looking over the city, all the festivities going on. And he's saying, oh, I wish you would just understand the truth. Because he was the truth. And it, it moved him. It moved him all the way to the place of weeping. So you might be here today, and, and you may think God's mad at you. Can I just tell you, Jesus has already wept over you? I want you to hear that. God is a compassionate God. Jesus shows us that picture when he stops and he just cries. Crying over the city. I tell you this, if you've not experienced Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, he's still crying over you, wooing you, calling you, wanting you to come home. Palm Sunday shows us the compassion of Jesus. So he weeps over the city, goes into the city, goes in the temple, cleans the temple out, and the first thing he does, look at this, this next scripture, this last one. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple, and he healed them. He said, look, you guys get out of here, i got business to do. And he sat down, and before he did any teaching, and I dare you, side note, I dare you to read what happens in all that Jesus says from Palm Sunday to Easter Some of the greatest teachings Jesus ever did were in this temple. And so he said, you know what? Get out of here. I got business to do. And then his compassionate heart, the blind and the lame came to him. I break this down today for us in this sense. The Bible says when when we don't understand that we need God, there are like scales over our eyes. We're blind. We're spiritually blind. And maybe you don't even know. Yet, you do need God. And if you did some personal assessment today, you'd probably realize that. Those scales can fall off. When we, we come to Jesus Christ as our personal Savior, and we, we, we accept Him, and we say, God, take my life, those scales fall off. Or perhaps you're here today, and you're spiritually lame. Maybe you've met Jesus, but, but there's been some rocky roads, and you've been beat up and, and let down. And you're limping along a little bit. 
Jesus comes to you today and says, I'm, I'm compassionate. And if you'll let me, I'll help you through this hurt. I'll let you through this hurt. I'll help you through. So the significance of Palm Sunday is wrapped up in the action, actions of Jesus on that day. And, and all that shook down between that day and Friday. I dare you to read it this week. It will touch your heart in a way that maybe you can't even imagine. It's Jesus. It's full-on, pure Jesus and what he's about and what we should be about. Would you bow your head all of this place? Say, Jason, I'm here today, and I'm hearing you. And I I need that compassion in my life. I, I need to experience the compassion of Jesus in my life. I need forgiveness. I've never, I've never confessed Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. And I, I know that I need to do that today. I need to receive that grace and that love and that mercy. All over this room, if that's you, slip your hand up real quick and put it right back down. I see your hand. That's awesome. I see your hand. Thank you. Anyone else? I need that in my life today. I need a change. I need a fresh start at this very moment. raise your hand right there where you're sitting I want to pray with you when I'm done praying we dismiss this service I I just strongly suggest you go out to the tent get a bible get a devotion and and get get going on the right foot there'll be somebody out there to talk to you if you want to talk but if you raised your hand let's just pray right now Father thank you for this day thank you that right now I'm experiencing your love and your grace and your mercy thank you for new life And I'm confessing in my heart right now, God, that I believe that Jesus Christ is the Messiah. That Jesus Christ was born of a virgin, that he lived a sinless life, that he took my death and sin on the cross. I believe with all my heart he was placed in the grave and he rose from that grave on the third day. Right now, God, I'm accepting your forgiveness through what Jesus did. I know I'm not going to be perfect. It's going to be a long road. But I am going to do my best, and I promise, God, I'm going to try not to quit. Because I know you love me so much, you sent your only son for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, I love you. Meet somebody you don't know as you leave. Have a phenomenal week.